Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Anthony, welcome to the Inspiring People and Places podcast. Oh, happy to be here, BJ. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Can't wait to dig in um, and and really talk through some of the synergies of of what I'm trying to do, I think, internally at my company, but you're doing for all kinds of companies and all kinds of professionals in the, uh, in the AEC industry. Uh, we start every show getting the audience to know a little bit about Anthony Fasano, your your story, and and how you came about to the uh, the training side of the industry. So wherever you want to start, you let us know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I I went to school for civil engineering. Um, in high school, I liked math, I liked science. I had a friend whose father was a civil engineer, so I decided to give it a shot and um, <clears throat> loved it in college. Came out, started working for. Uh, well, I I started working in college for a very small company, a couple of people. It was my friend's father's civil engineering company that had a couple of people on staff. I got to do surveying in the field, which I learned a lot about. Then I got into the office, and I kind of stuck with that company. And when I graduated, a, a top ENR firm acquired that company. So it just happened to me that I fell into this top firm, um, got a great package, um, went to work there, got my master's in civil engineering at night. And what I wanted to do, BJ, right away, I told myself is I wanted to become a partner in this company. That was like my goal. And so I figured the best thing to do would be to look at the other partners in the company and like see what they were all about, you know, see what they did in their careers. Yep. And so what was obvious to me when I looked at them was that they did have a technical background like everyone else, but they had other skill sets, right? The non-technical skill sets, the ability to communicate, the ability to bring in new business, the ability to manage projects, delegate tasks. And so <clears throat> I just said to myself, I've got to learn these skill sets. So I read a bunch of books. I watched videos online. I took courses. I joined Toastmasters. And my career really started to take off. And one day my boss came up to me and said, you know, Anthony, we love what you're doing. Do you think that you could train the other engineering professionals in our firm on these skill sets? I looked right at my boss and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an engineer. I'm not a trainer, you know? So um, after some kind of convincing and reflection, I decided to put together a curriculum, go around to the other offices, run some lunch and learns. And basically two things happened, BJ. One, I loved what I was doing. I was like, listen, these are skill sets they don't teach us in school and I'm able to teach them to other people, which is great. And secondly, and really more importantly, at the time, the company started seeing results, right? So better team interaction, better client correspondence, just better project performance across the board. And so ultimately, I decided that I want to do this more. I talked to the HR director. We developed a internal program together, management and leadership development program, conducted it for about a year. And when I saw how many people in one company were struggling with these skill sets, I immediately thought that there's got to be thousands of people out there having the same problem. So in 2009, I left my engineering career behind and I started what is today the Engineering Management Institute. And when I first started the company, I said, listen, I've got to get information out there to help technical professionals with these skill sets. So we started doing blogging and then we started doing podcasting and all that stuff 
took on so much traction and now we've got had millions and millions of views and downloads, which is great. But then we said, we've got to do some learning and development programs because what I remember from being an engineer is getting sent to like project management boot camp. I'd go to a hotel for right. a weekend. I'd get a lot of information thrown at me, like drinking from a fire hose. I'd go back to my desk and I never get to look at that information again. And so we've worked really hard to develop a series of learning and development programs that are given to AEC professionals over time in small digestible pieces with like real actionable um, assignments that they can practice with their clients and with their teams to try to make them become better leaders, better project managers. And essentially what we do now is we build kind of custom programs for firms. And what I tell our clients is we need to build you a learning and development solution that helps you attract professionals, which is almost impossible to do today develop them properly, and then they'll stay there if you do those two things. So right now we're just really busy kind of helping firms grow in the industry we're in, but that's kind of how I got to this. That's awesome. I, 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 there's no doubt that the space is, there's a huge gap in the industry and um, it's, it's awesome to meet somebody that's fulfilling it. Uh, give us your two minute sales pitch on what is the product that you're putting out there is, and is it, is it something that somebody can subscribe to or, or enroll themselves in versus a company buys? Or do you have both of those offers? So let's put it this way. We have two sides of our business. One is the content platform. It's a massive content platform. We have six podcasts and three YouTube channels, right? Engineering, career coach podcast, civil engineering, geotech, structural quality control, project management, all podcasts. And we have a YouTube channel just focused on helping engineers become better managers and leaders. Then we have a YouTube channel called Past, How to Pass the FE Exam and How to Pass the PE Exam. So basically, all that's on our website for free, 100% free. So if you're listening and you're an AEC professional, go listen to the content. It's free at our website, right? On the flip side, for learning and development, all of our products and services are for corporate enrollment, right? Got it. And essentially, we have people leadership and project management programs. We run them all the time and companies enroll people in them on a regular basis, which is all on our website, engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Or a lot of companies come to us and say, hey, we love your curriculum, but we do some of our own things here with project management. We have our own tools. We have our own language. So we kind of take our program, we take their stuff, we put them together and we build like a custom program for them. And then we deliver it for them as well. That's the biggest challenge that I found BJ in terms of learning and development. A lot of firms call us up and say, Hey, we've got this great program here, but everyone's too busy to give it. Like our people are supposed to be doing right. it internally and it never happens. So we help them with that. So we build a better program for them and then we deliver it for them and we'll incorporate some of their professionals to help us deliver it. So there's a little bit of flavor of internal external. Um, but that's what we've been doing and we've been successful with it. And I think our clients have been successful because again, it's not just about the training. You need to attract professionals today because it's a pretty tough market to attract professionals. And what these professionals want more than anything else is professional development support. And a lot of companies aren't giving it to them. So if you give it to them, you can use it as an awesome magnet to get them in to your firm. Yeah, you're showing them that you're investing in them and you're helping them grow their path in the industry. For sure. So we typically ask guests, you know, kind of about leadership or project challenges, but because you're getting exposed to so many different professionals, so many different organizations, and and I don't want to I don't want to pinpoint you down to like the the number one module that you think you give to everybody. But is is there something that stands out from a leadership perspective uh, or or major lesson that you think that all engineers need to need to work on? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I would say that there's two that come to mind for me. Um, one of them is, believe it or not, I mean, people always say communication. I think it's like overused. Like we all can improve in communication. But the two areas that I see are personal productivity, and I'll explain that a little bit more, and managing scope creep effectively, right? One from our people leadership course, one from our project management course. So in terms of personal productivity, because a lot of companies are still very hybrid today, right? Right. There are like a million different distractions that design professionals have to deal with today, which is making it very complex for them to sit there and do any kind of like deep work on their projects, right? And so their managers don't realize that every time they're like messaging them on Teams, every time they're sending them this, sending them that, it's distracting people from the ability to do really high quality work in the engineering space. And so one of our modules in our people leadership course is how do you you know, be productive in a way where you can be responsive to your clients, but you also have the ability to tackle some of the largest challenges out there, whether it's better email management, better you know, communication with your teams and communicating the right way. So I think that that's a major problem right now. We're seeing a huge like like kind of like people just being way less productive than normal. The second thing on the project management side is the scope creep. It's a huge challenge. It costs companies millions and millions of dollars today. We're just working with a company right now that has told us that probably they write, they'll write off close to $5 million a year in project mm. write-offs. And a large part of that is project scope creep. So what that is for listeners that aren't familiar with it, when you, anytime you have a project in the AEC industry, you should have a really well-defined scope of work that you're going to execute for your client. And if you don't communicate that scope of work to your team members well enough, or if you're not clear on what that is, you or your team members might start working on things that are not included in that scope of work. And you may just charge it to the initial you know, fee that you have, which means you're basically doing work for nothing essentially. Um, and most of our clients report that that number is very big at the end of the year. So when we build these project management programs for our clients, we spend a lot of time on, you know, scope development, make setting clear expectations at the beginning of the project and then managing the project to that scope of work and being very upfront with your client. This is what we're going to do for you. If you want us to do anything else, we'll do it. But what's the process that we're going to go through to address that change and make sure we get compensated for it? I so think I that's I, those are your two th- problems. When, when you hit communication and expectation management and scope creep, I mean, I think that's everything. It's, you want to be responsive. And as professionals, you always want to be serving the client. But the ability to, to communicate that in a way that there's there's a business side of this of this transaction we're going through, and it's going to cost you money. Um, it, it is an uncomfortable... I, I think when I first moved into the industry, it was it was very uncomfortable for me to have those conversations or how do we approach that? Uh, well, yeah. let's just do it. It's not that big and, and it's a slippery slope. As soon as you give a little bit, it's like you, you can, you can get very far off track. So I can imagine how much I'd be curious, the, the customer that's writing off 5 million, how much of a percentage of their revenue is that? Um, it's a really big company, but still, it's still like, I think a percentage, it's, it's, real money. Worth, it's a percentage that's worth shrinking. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and your training is probably not, uh, as expensive as the amount right. of money they're writing yeah. off. That's for sure. Inspiring people in places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified service disabled veteran owned small business at MCFA. Our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients.
Moving into some rapid fire questions, and I'm, and I'm really curious of some of your answers here, um, especially around books. You said deep work. So I'm, I'm actually going to start with that. Must read book for all engineers. Must read book for all engineers. I'll tell you my new favorite book. And, and I mentioned deep work from Cal Newport, but I actually like his book, A World Without Email right now. I've been focusing mm. on that a lot with our teams. Every, all engineering companies are pretty much have distributed teams at this point in some way, shape or form. So like I got said before, you have to know how to communicate with a distributed team and there should be some kind of cadence or rhythm to the communication and it shouldn't just be sporadic. I'm throwing messages at you all day long. Um, and the whole book focuses on around how you could put systems in place to make sure that in a digital world, you work more efficiently. Yeah. I, I, I have not read it yet. Um, it reminds me of maker's time, manager's time. It was like yep. an essay a, a while back. I'll put that in the show yeah, notes. That was a good um, but I, I, even today I've, I've struggled with it. I'm in the middle of deep work and a client's like, Hey, you know, something pops up that we need to be responsive to immediately. First of all, it's like, why does this client think that I should be responding to them within two hours on the, on, you know, what is probably a two hour effort, um, to, right. to put together what they asked for. Um, so I, I, I'm going to put it on my reading list. Um, and we'll, we'll put that one in the show notes. Uh, a little bit different. Any, and I know what you're doing at EMI. Anything outside of EMI um, that you're involved in, that you're passionate about in uh, nonprofit world? Or I guess you are a nonprofit, so so you're probably pretty busy with that. So my one of my passions, I would say, outside of uh, outside of what we do here, is I like sports. Um, I do a lot of coaching where I can. I mean, I have three kids. I try to coach them. I think sports are great in terms of building leaders. Teamwork. How old are your kids? So my kids are 16, 13, and 10. Okay. Um, so I've been coaching them for years in different sports, soccer, flag football. I also, during COVID, um, coached high school football at a local high school because a lot of the older coaches were out for the year due to COVID, you know, for hmm. safety purposes. And there was a lot, a lot of help needed. It was just something that I wanted to do. I'd always wanted to do it. I played in, in high school. And it, I loved it. And really what I loved about it is getting back to like leadership and building leaders. And um, so I'm pretty passionate. I think sports is a great avenue and a great, uh, very analogous to building businesses and building careers because it's teamwork, it's leadership, it's communication, it's setting a goal, getting, putting good processes in place. So that's something that I try to do whenever I can. I play myself still baseball, wood bat, baseball. So pretty involved. We uh, we share that passion. There's, there's a quote at... Uh... You have to memorize first week or first month at, at West Point by Douglas MacArthur. Upon the fields of friendly strife are sown the seeds that upon other fields on other days will bear the fruits of victory. And it was all about how MacArthur's oh, opinion great. of athletics and how it how it plays into building leaders. Uh, and it's always stuck with me. I'm, I'm still involved and in my kids are a little younger, five or three, five and seven. So okay. we're just getting into that. But the power of that platform and, and what coaches yeah. have. Um, to, to really influence our youth is awesome. Dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be? What would you do? <laughs> All right. So that's a good question. And I think when you think about questions like this, you try to think about your own goals, you know, and I think the first one that comes to mind, which is based on the conversation that we just had would be Vince Lombardi. Mm. Um, I've read quite a few books about Vince Lombardi and he had a passion for what he did. He had a commitment to what he did. And 
you know, I think he went through a lot of difficulties in his life um, and he battled through them and he did what he had to, to get to where he wanted to go. And, and a lot of times people said kind of, he couldn't do things. And so he would definitely be one for sure. And I've read like many, many, many books about him. Um, and I think that that's, I would, he would be number one. Um, the second one I would have to say would be general George C. Marshall. And I've actually read, uh, some pretty interesting articles about him, um, including a paper that was entitled George C. Marshall, an enduring model of leadership effectiveness. And essentially what General Marshall was really good at was focusing his time on the right things. So he kind of set up avenues where only certain people could communicate him with him only certain times of the day, but he would always make sure that everybody had what they needed to succeed. And so for me, I would say that that he would definitely be one of them. And I've studied a lot of his work. Um, that goes back to that available and responsive and, but, but still effective, right? Like I think yeah. that's, that's one of those leader guilts. That's like, you always want to be available, but you also have to focus on the priorities. It's a interesting dynamic. I, and, and even being an army guy, I, I haven't read much about him. So I'm going to look that one up. Yeah. And he's, uh, it's awesome. When I've, I've read about him somewhere and then I started digging into it and it was amazing to me that somebody would put so much effort into that, but you could see the results. I mean, he basically changed the whole military, the way the organization were. You can imagine what it would take to do that, but he got it yeah. done. So um, he would definitely be number two. I would say number three would have to be Martin Luther King Jr. I think that he kind of obviously, we all know what he did, but like going against, you know, having to fight against a whole different trend, a new paradigm. I think that's something that, you know, that's inspirational. I mean, I think we all need to do that in some way, shape or form in our careers at sometimes, maybe not, obviously not to the extent that he did. Um, but even when I started my career, I think everybody, or when I started doing what I'm doing now, everybody told me that, it'll be very difficult to build a business like engineering companies are not going to invest in people skills and leadership at the level where you could build a business out of it per se. And, and I have, and really it's just because of determination, you know, and I think like, you know, leaning on what people like him have done in the past shows you that you could just do it. You just got to, you know, keep going. You can't necessarily listen to what everyone's telling you. So it's kind of a mix of three different people there for sure. But those are some people that I would like to definitely hang out with if I could. I, I, I want to give you credit. There's a little bit more than just persistence and, and, and keep going through it. I mean, your content, I've, I've downloaded some of your stuff. I've read through the website, watch your Ted talk. I mean, you, you've got a great message and, and I think like we started, you're fulfilling such a huge need in the marketplace. Uh, before we move on, I, you wrote a book. Uh, where is that available? Tell, tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. So the book is called Engineer Your Own Success, Seven Key Elements to Creating an Extraordinary Engineering Career. If you remember in the beginning of the episode, I talked about going around within my company at the time and doing some training. And I, when I did that, I wrote down like all the skills I thought were really important to develop in one's engineering career. And so when I decided to leave the company, I kind of said to myself, I need to get this information out there. So the best way to do it is to write a book. So I sat down, I spent a couple months, I wrote the manuscript. And I self-published it in the beginning. Um, I got hundreds of copies of it. And I just started driving to different parts of the country, like big ASCE luncheons with the book. And I was doing it. And it went really well. And eventually, the book got picked up by uh, Wiley Press. And we did like an updated edition, which is on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon, Engineer Your Own Success. 
Um, the newer edition has a black cover, the IEEE Wiley edition. And um, it's been great because I just think it's a way that I was able to kind of take the skills that I found to really boost me up in my career and just kind of not just explain what they were, but how one can build them. And that's what I tried to do within the book. And really, honestly, a lot of stuff in the book has been the foundation of the different courses that we built at EMI over the years. Yeah. Out of curiosity, how did you you start building the other podcast? Did you bring professionals in or did people approach you about like, hey, I could do or are you running all of them? Oh, so the podcast, right. So what happened was initially I started, we started with the engineering career coach podcast, just focused on career coaching. And people were like, hey, why don't you do a civil engineering podcast? So we started that one and I was hosting them both. It was going really well. And then we started having ideas for other ones. And I was like, listen, I can only host like so many podcasts and do everything else we're doing. So I reached out to someone that I knew and say, hey, listen, you're an engineer. I think you're really good at what you do in terms of structural engineering, which in this case was Matt Picardle. Do you want to host a podcast? Like we'll publish it. We'll do everything. You just need to show up, do a little research, do the interviews. You get a lot of exposure in your career. And it's been a recipe like that. So we own and publish all of the content. And if there are engineers out there that want to do some hosting, polish their communication skills, build their network, they can host the podcast and, um, and it works very well. All right. So we, we talked about must-read book. Favorite quote? Oh, favorite quote? Jeez. Um, I am a uh, quote junkie, which means I got a million of them, but there is one favorite. Um, and the one that, and, and again, I like quotes because what I like to do with quotes is every morning when I wake up, I have like a sheet of paper um, of quotes that I go through. And I kind of read them every morning just to get me going. And there's so many that I could pick from. Um, But one of the ones that I'll pick here, because I think it's something that a lot of people will probably maybe not know Seth Godin. He's kind of a marketing extraordinaire. But his quote is, you are more powerful than you think you are. Act accordingly. And I like that quote because I feel like a lot of times we underestimate ourselves in terms of like what we're capable of. And I think in your career, you're capable of a lot of big things. And it's up to you to show up. You know, I mean, you could build skills anywhere today. You can go online in an hour and learn anything you want to learn, any skill you want to learn. So at the end of the day, it's kind of up to you to, to you know, build your career, build your skill sets, build your reputation. And you have the ability, like the power to do it. You just have to do it, essentially. I love that. I I, I don't know the quote. I do know I do know Seth Godin and we'll, we'll uh, link to some of his books because there's some good stuff out there for marketers. Um, to, to, uh, wrap us up, you know, I, I love that you started your own thing. I love what you're doing. Uh, I appreciate what you're doing. What, what do you want your legacy to be, or what do you want on your tombstone, uh, when it's all said and done? So what I, what I want to do is I just want to help people, um, to become leaders, Right. I mean, I think especially I work with engineering professionals, I work with technical professionals. And I think when you graduate as an engineer, you don't necessarily think of becoming a leader. Um, But we know that in our industry, especially with the world of infrastructure out there, that's kind of crumbling and it's our job to kind of rebuild it. We need leaders in an engineering world. We need people that can manage projects and lead people. And so my hope will just be that you know, Anthony was really instrumental in helping a lot of engineering professionals, technical professionals become leaders that have kind of led us in the world, you know, and improving the world. And I, that's kind of my goal. Like every time I get a LinkedIn message from someone saying, hey, I've been listening to the podcast, it really changed my career. 
just getting a bunch of those is really will keep you going, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, floor is yours. Anything to close us out? Our audience is everybody from, you know, transitioning military into the AEC to, to junior engineers joining firms up to senior executives of public and private entities that, uh, do engineering. So what, what can you leave, uh, the audience with? So what I would say in terms of charting out your career path, regardless of where, what stage you're at in your career, I think you always have to have a goal you're working towards and then build the skills, the strategies, the concepts that you need to achieve that goal. You know, people ask me all the time, like, Hey, what book should I read? My question back to them is always like, what do you want to do? You know, I mean, I could give you a book that I'm reading, but I don't know if that has any impact on you. So I just think that like in the world we live in, it makes sense to be strategic, right? If you want to achieve something, find the right resources, find the right people, find the right mentor, get the information, achieve it, and then you know figure out the next goal and repeat the same process. It, to me, it just seems like a lot of people are kind of going through the motions and they may say they want to do something, but I don't really see them seeking out the right resources to help them achieve it, which is taking them a lot longer. So that that's the advice that I would leave everyone with is that, you know, set some clear goals, short-term, long-term, and then find the right resources and people, which the internet makes it really easy to do today. Um, and then you can seek out your goals and achieve them. Anthony, it's been a pleasure. Where can people follow you or get in touch with you? The best place is to just go to the website, engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. You can get access to all the free content there. Also, I have a pretty big following on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn and I'm constantly putting out our free content through my profile. So you'll be able to grab everything there. Um, and, you know, hopefully I can help you kind of, you know, engineer your own success in your career. That's why I named the book that I think you have the ability to do it. You just got to find the materials, find the information and then utilize it. We agree. Uh, it's been so great having you. Can't, can't thank you enough for joining us and, uh, and we'll, we'll certainly stay in touch. Everybody else out there have a great, uh, great rest of the day and a great week. Hey everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.